0: There's three big things that really impact your ability to succeed when it comes to your job sites. You've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. All contractors deal with it. But what do you do about it? People that are not contractors or have not own their own contracting business, they don't really get that. Here in Canada, man, and even in the US, weather conditions, you know, snow and rain and temperature can have a massive effect. With that being said, you want to look at flexible scheduling know what defines a good subcontractor. It is about communication. It is about skill set. Hey, Rockstars, let's talk about the three biggest things that's going to have, or is already having a big impact on the profitability, performance, and progress on the jobs you got right now. I'm Andrew Houston from Prof for Contractors. And this is another no bullshit podcast for you guys. It's any contractor out there that really wants to go from being the tradie or contractor to become a champion CO. I'm going to give you guys tips and tricks and insights, like no bullshit things that you guys can take and apply right away. Sometimes right after the podcast, sometimes maybe you're driving along, you're listening to it, you can pause it, you get on the job site or whatever it is that you're doing, you can apply some of these things like almost immediately. So let's get right into this. There's three big things that really impact your ability to succeed when it comes to your job sites, okay? And this applies to every single contractor out there. And I've got them all listed here. I've taken some time to put some notes here for you guys so we can get them all covered off. This is gonna be short and sweet podcast, by the way. So let's cover these things off. One is delay in material. Look. You've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. All contractors deal with it. But what do you do about it? I mean, you get a delay in material. That's like a freaking negative domino effect of of a lack of progress, a lack of profits. So you know, having to reschedule things. You know, having to you know show up. You're supposed to have the material, and you don't have the material now. You can't do the job now. What do you do? Net, you got to pay all your guys. So we're going to touch on that. Next one is weather conditions. Yeah hate to tell you, but none of us here are God. (laughs) Um, Some people might think they are, but in reality, we don't have control of the weather, but we can put things in place to better control our response to it. And the third thing is subcontractors, you know, their performance, communication coordination. You can have all the right crews yourself. You can have all the right intentions. You can, you know, you can do almost as much as you possibly can, but then you get these subcontractors that you know, don't do what it is they're supposed to do. And it impacts our profitability, our progress, and so many other things. It impacts us, guys, all three of these, delays in material, weather conditions, you know, lack of performance um, on your subcontractors. It has a negative impact on your team, on yourself, on your clients, as a matter of fact. And, you know, I talk about this negative domino effect. You think about it, If, if things get delayed, unless somebody's got a magic wand, it just causes this impact in a domino way, in a negative domino effect, such that now that delays the next project, then the next project, and the next project. You know, people that aren't contractors or have to own their own contracting business, they, they don't really get that. You know, like clients still get that and they don't really care about that. They want their job done right in the way that it was promised to them and the time frame it was promised to them at the cost that it was promised to them. And, you know, all three of these things, you know, if we don't deal with them properly, are going to have a negative impact. And it's going to affect so many different things of your business, your capacity, your cash flow, your profits, your control. So let's touch on these things. I'm going to give you some tips and tricks for each of them. Let's talk about delays in material. So one of the things, guys, is we want to have regular communication with our suppliers, like I know it might suck, but if if you don't track the status of your material orders, you know things that are backlogged, things of that nature, and I'd highly advise you know, you heard me say this so many times. one of the best, most valuable people in your company is an administrator. That could be a virtual admin, that could be a full-time admin, part-time admin, but you know somebody to track the paperwork, the track the you know the, the the materials, what's and they don't need to be an expert man. They don't even need to know that much about the trade. you know they can learn. But you can get somebody that's an administrator, that's in the office. And again, that could be virtually, you know, it could be via Zoom, what have you. But you need somebody. It might have to be you in the interim, but you need somebody to track these things, okay? And so how do you do that? you got to have some sort of system. that could be a spreadsheet, could be a whiteboard to track this information. And then what you want to have is you want to request accurate delivery times from your suppliers, okay? You want to get it up front and you want to factor those responses into your project schedule, okay, with a bit of a buffer. I personally, when you know, when I was running job sites and things of that nature running my contracting business, there were certain types of material that was higher risk. Okay. And I would put like I put a 10 to 15%, I call it the fudge factor into that material as far as the impact of it potentially having on the jobs. And I would, you know, I would actually factor that in as a bit of a buffer in the information that the suppliers would give me. Um, You know, I was tracking the material. I actually had an admin person do that. But, you know, you want to get accurate delivery times from your suppliers and, you know, rate your suppliers on this front. I mean, honestly, some suppliers are are terrible at this and they just give you bullshit responses. Other ones are really good. If you don't take the time to figure out which ones are the best, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, accurate delivery, time frames and things of that nature, then you're gonna constantly, you know, have to deal with the negative effect. I like to deal with those sensitive products. And you know, for me it was like certain types of transformers and things of that nature. I would deal with the larger suppliers because I knew that they would have additional stock. They had more leverage to go to the manufacturer, you know, if something happened, you know, because they carry more weight versus the smaller suppliers, I'd, you know, mainly deal with the things that were more meat and potato, you know, like pipe, wire, things of that nature, commodity type of items. Other thing is, is consider working, you know, with uh, suppliers that are able to protect you, okay? And, and when I say that you want to deal with, when I say suppliers, that means that you're dealing with two suppliers in certain products that are super sensitive, just to have a backup plan, okay? You might be getting a better price from another supplier, uh, but one's more reliable got to really ask yourself like which is going to have the biggest impact you know saving 10 percent off this product versus knowing i can get it at this other place really take into account the project schedule and the impact of of what that material is going to have if it's delayed so make sure you've got that type of communication make sure you rate your your suppliers from a material delivery perspective make sure you're tracking it and on the on the next one being weather conditions but look guys Weather's going to happen. It's how you respond to it. It's how you know you you prepare for it. So one of the things is monitor weather forecasts. Okay, on a regular basis. Okay, you want to plan your activities accordingly. I know here where I live, there are certain times of the year uh, where it rains more, it rains less. Um, you can look at historical data, get a bit of a gauge, and you might already know it from a, you know just living where you've been living for a long time. But take that into consideration. Uh, Here in Canada, man, and even in the U.S., I mean, you know, weather conditions, you know, snow and rain and temperature can have a massive effect. Uh, With that being said, you want to look at flexible scheduling. All right. So it's good to have jobs where if you're a contractor that does a lot of outside work, it's good if you can to have a combination of inside and outside work so that when times are good on the outside, you can execute. Well, times are good or uh, uh, when they're not good, then you can bring guys and and reallocate them on the on inside jobs, right? And when you look at these backup plans, all right, you want to really predict on a weekly, I would say, at least two week basis. that's usually what the weather forecasts um, you know can give you is is every two weeks forecast out what those weather conditions are. So you can be proactive. And say, hey man, it looks like, you know, next week's gonna be rain for most of the week, or even two weeks out, which is even better. It looks like it's gonna be raining um, or high temperatures or lots of snow. And that this way, guys, you can be proactive with it. Now, when I come back to the previous one, delays on material delivery, you can get an administrator to look at weather conditions, okay? And you just gotta give them, you know, a few steps, few instructions on, hey, every week I want you to forecast out what the weather is going to be like, give me a report on it. You know, let me know which jobs that are outside versus inside that we're, you we're working with right now that are going to potentially have an impact. Then it's your job or the, your PM's or lead hands job to take that information and apply it. Last one, let's talk about subcontractors. At some point in our jobs, we all have to use a subcontractor. In most cases, there's some form of subcontractor um engagement that we're going to have now that could be a subcontractor that the client has brought in or subcontractor that we're using here's the thing first things first you have to have a detailed contract guys with your subcontractors outline specific milestones you know as outlining deadlines and consequences you know if they miss these targets okay next is you want to regularly communicate with them set the expectations in that contract of how you're going to you know what you expect from them on a on what defines regular communication. What does that look like? What do they got to provide to you? Look, these people, uh, the, these subcontractors can be a huge leverage for expanding your capacity, for bringing in people that are experts in certain spaces, for you being able to land certain clients, to get more clients, because you can't be the end all, the be all for everything. And sometimes we got to bring in, you know, subcontractors of capacity issues especially with the hiring issues that are going on in today's world so have a detailed contract in place guys and make sure you you know you're rating your subcontractors. So know what defines a good subcontractor it is about communication it is about skill set it is about you know the the quality of workmanship that that they provide and also get a better understanding of what systems do they have in place or don't have in place because i'm going to tell you something you engage with a subcontractor and you ask this subcontractor, like, show me the systems you have for tracking your jobs and making sure that you got the you know, right level of communication that you're going to provide to me. And they have no systems. I'm going to tell you, they can promise you until they're blue in the face uh, that they're going to be the best subcontractor, that they're going to communicate all these different things. If your subcontractors don't have any systems in place to support that, it's basically a load of bullshit. Uh, I I tell you, so many times I've I've dealt with this. So many promises have been broken. So have a good contract in place. Make sure you define what a a good subcontractor is specific to what you're looking for out of them and what you need out of them. Um, And maintain open lines of communication, okay? Address performance issues, guys, like real time. If something goes wrong, don't wait a week or two or three weeks. Don't overcomplicate it, okay? Rough it. I'd rather you send a text and say, hey man, like, can you tell me a little bit about what happened with X and Y? Um, as soon as possible, because if you don't address those things, they're going to keep reoccurring, okay? And it, it really is an opportunity to build a better relationship with them. But if you let it fester, if you don't address it right away, you're going to forget about it and that's it's going to potentially lead to bigger problems. So back to communication, there's a responsibility that you have as well as a responsibility that they have. When I, when I say there's a contract, it's not just a contract is one way. It's got to be both ways, okay? How's this going to work for them? How's it going to work for you? And you know, is that combo a potentially successful combination, right? And consider building a network, guys, of of reliable subcontractors. Have a backup plan. Like I said before, like have a list of like of your subcontractors and rate them and continuously update and rate that so that you can notice changes. You know, I've had subcontractors that we've engaged with that were really good subcontractors in the beginning and then guess what it all of a sudden went sour and it turned out that the owner of the company got a new lead hand or a new PM or a new person in the office and that owner didn't even know how bad things were going Um, but because we communicated with them they were able to fix it get somebody else in so monitoring these people you know, on a regular basis is important because things can change, just like things change in your business. So guys, in addition to these specific solutions, I- implementing, you know, effective project man- management practices, you know that that ties into the weather, the subcontractor topic, the delivery uh, issues is going to be huge. Um, and I, I can't stress this enough. Proper communication backed by systems and backed by the right expectations when you combine that and you monitor it on a regular basis, you might think it's a lot of time. I'm going to tell you, it's going to save you a shit ton of time, ton of profits, ton of cash flow. It's going to prevent a ton of unhappy clients and even unhappy team members. Okay. Nobody wants to deal with a company that doesn't have some form of control over the lazy material that we know is going to happen, you know, in weather conditions that we know is going to happen with subcontractors that are not all going to, Perform all the time at the level that we want to. It's how you respond to these things and it's how what you put into place to be able to respond to them properly. So, these are three key things, guys. Pick one of them. Don't pick all of them. Go back to the podcast here. There's no bullshit podcast. This stuff is no bullshit. Pick the one that resonates the most with you and apply the ICE approach, which stands for which one of these things is going to have the biggest impact that you've got the biggest confidence that you can, you know, improve um with the least amount of energy. Go forward with that one. Get some progress with it. Get some wins with it. Then move on to the next one. And as a matter of fact, you got an administrator. Get them involved. Let, have them listen to this podcast, man. And 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 they can potentially help you with all three of these things. Um big time. All right. So pick one of them, put it into action. No bullshit. So this is Andrew Houston another no bullshit podcast for contractors. I'll see you on the flip. Okay. Make your jobs profitable. Take your business to the next level. Go from being a tradie and a contractor to truly being a champion CEO of your business and of your life. You can do it. I know you can. Uh, If you want some more insights like this, you can join the Profitable Contractors Association. And we got like 20,000 people in there, contractors, like-minded. So you can table challenges you have. You can get answers. You know, it's like a support group 24-7, seven days a week. It never turns off join it lots of free resources in there and i'll see you on the flip side and that's it all right see you later ciao hey rock stars thank you for watching the no Bullshit podcast for contractors if you enjoyed this episode hit the subscribe button and if you're serious about growing and need help click on the link below myself and my team would love to help and give you the necessary tools so you can take your contracting business to the next level and remember dominate delegate and deliver